you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, a live literary event series from LAist. We are back with guests, author Amanda Montel and actor Bella Lavelle. You can find us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum. Tickets at LAist.com events. LAS Studios. Lights, camera, action! I'm Brian De Los Santos, and this is How to LA, the podcast that helps you discover new things about Los Angeles and other parts of our region. Back in August, we met up with film location scout Rick Schuler downtown. He led a guided tour of film locations throughout the neighborhood. My favorite stop was the Grand Oviatt building that was featured in Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and many other films. Today, we're heading out with Rick again, east of downtown in South Pasadena, and then on to Pasadena to talk about what their neighborhoods have to offer to film location scouts. The long story short is a wide variety of single-family homes that can stand in for the Midwest or the East Coast or a non-specific suburb. The Midwest part makes a lot of sense when you look back at history because white non-Hispanic founders of the cities in the 1870s were from Indiana. Our first stop on the tour, because it's fall and spooky season, was a filming location from the 1978 horror movie Halloween. But my horror story that morning was L.A. traffic. So producer Monica Bushman, intern Claire Forgerty, and visual journalist Samantha Hilo Hernandez started off without me. So right here is the what they call the Myers House. So basically where we are now, we're at the intersection of, um, what is it, Mission and Meridian. And uh, we're in front of one of the houses that was used in Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis way back in 1978. Uh, This is where the first murder takes place in the movie. Now, the interesting thing is that this house was not here when they shot the movie. This house was across the street over there, I think at 707 Meridian. And uh, they moved it to this location because what happens is there's redevelopment. And so they put in some, I think, or townhomes or condos over there. But the reason they kept this is that I think this might be the oldest um, house in, uh, in South Pasadena. Oh, wow. It's Victorian style. Um, and, you know, it's like the question might be like, well, why did they choose this house for the first kind of thing? But... Um, I, I think they chose it because it was old. Um, I think they liked the architecture, the way you come up. You can see the windows up top. The way you somewhat know that it's Victorian-influenced as opposed to just like a colonial mm-hmm. is sort of the narrowness of the windows and the height of the windows. Because uh, everything Victorian was sort of more vertical than it was horizontal in terms of uh, the architecture. So let's just walk up here because I want to show you what... 
Okay, so this is like a semi-tourist trap. I thought maybe when we showed up, there would be people sitting on yeah. the uh, on the porch and having their picture taken. But um, actually, if you want to do that, we can do that. <laughs> but or we can or we can keep going. Let me just show you right yeah, here. Yeah. I guess this is something that's taking on where movie locations are becoming kind of a touristy thing. Yeah. And um, right next door, this Sugarman Gallery has kind of taken advantage of uh, what's next door. Oh, and yeah. so it's obviously Halloween's coming up. So you can see here is what, welcome to Haddonfield. And Haddonfield was the name of the town that this was supposed to take place in. But they chose South Pasadena. And we'll learn as we kind of walk around. South Pasadena is like an everywhere American city, um, basically from the Midwest or the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And what makes it that are the, the tree-lined streets, the architecture that's here, and it feels like a small town, even in the midst of where we are in L.A., because we're in L.A. proper, uh, it still feels like a small town. Well, and it's funny, too, the, the coffee shop here that they've yeah. kind of taken advantage of the connection to the Halloween the Halloween movie house too, too because they yeah. have Michael Myers like painted on the windows oh like, the you know I didn't pay attention street. to that because I yeah. I haven't been here for a while and that when I was here that was a an ice cream shop right but they're no longer here Jones Coffee Shop is here love Jones Coffee Shop so yeah so this is where this was if you watch the movie um, you'll notice in the movie that these trees are still there so oh. these trees used to line both sides of the street and then they kind of got rid of it over there. Obviously, you can see they've replanted. Um, but this is sort of the original, and some of the original homes are still here. So they basically took that one block out and then moved the house over here. Yeah, so it's nice. I mean, South Pasadena and Pasadena are great about preservation. So they don't mow things down like you do across L.A. and L.A. County. All right, well, why don't we head to another Halloween um, house, and that would be the one where it's Jamie Lee Curtis's house in the movie. And I imagine, like, with South Pasadena, probably Pasadena more, mm -hmm. and Altadena, like, mm -hmm. you have to be aware of, like, the mountains, or just making sure that yes. that isn't And, and palm trees. Yeah. Palm trees can be the bane of our existence they used to be I mean that's sort of like the first thing you kind of look at you find this great location you go oh this is great and then you kind of frame it up and you see like two houses in the background or a backyard with a palm tree and it's like oh <laughs> so way back when when I started that became a big issue like unless you shot it in or framed it in a certain way where you didn't see the palm tree that sort of limited you mm -hmm. in the age now of CGI and all that kind of stuff they can quickly now say, oh, we can remove that. Right. But to remove something back then, you had to rotoscope that tree out of there. But that could be a thousand frames. So for each frame, you got to sort of get rid of it to keep the consistency. And that was just too expensive to mm. do that kind of thing. But in terms of trees, we love these camphor trees. Like these trees right here, that says Midwest to us, and a canopy street with this kind of stuff is great. You know, we're walking down Diamond Avenue past Caldy Coffee Shop, and the library is there, and the headquarters for the school is right here. 
And like these three buildings, like we had talked about downtown, like certain corners are just quintessential. And this would be to me, and I think to people in our industry, like quintessential small town. The coffee shop, it's a brick building. It's, there are a few brick buildings in, in, uh, in, in LA, but for the most part, that's not sort of their choice. Um, same with the school. And then the library is just a small library. Their next destination was a short walk away at the corner of Fairview Avenue and Oxley Street. We are approaching right here. Jamie Lee Curtis's home in the original Halloween. It stole the same structure. It's painted a different color. It's not white. It's craftsman in style. Um, And it's actually up for sale. Well... It looks like it's sold. <laughs> the pillars outside the house are a popular photo-taking spot, with visitors sitting on them like Jamie Lee Curtis did on Halloween, holding a pumpkin. And the former owners used to leave pumpkins out on the porch year-round, with a sign saying they were free to borrow for taking pictures. It'll be interesting to see if the new owner will like transform this and um, you know, paint it differently and kind of upscale it more. So it's nice that we, on uh, our Halloween, pre-Halloween thing, that we have a, uh, <laughs> we have a, an active spider um, next to the front light with a pretty incredible web. But see, that's all like how scouting is. You just don't know what you're going to encounter. Oh my God, and, and, and Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the excitement of it. I mean, the other part of it is that I might sit in a car, and, and in South Pasadena, there's so many houses that could fit the bill. It's like, well, why did they choose this one, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I can say why. If, if you, I just remember way in 78, I'm guessing the town was a little bit more run down than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look closely at, at some of the homes they were shooting, and I, I look for it because I'm interested in that if you look down at the baseboards or the door frames you'll see chip paint off of the bottom but on film that that doesn't really show up that much it's actually a rundown place can look really good photographically and so uh, that could be partly why they wanted it it's a corner lot I mean the interesting thing is that the libraries across the way and you never see that you in the movie you think it's just down a main street um, yeah, and I or guess a residential was, street. Yeah, if it had been sitting vacant, that's maybe helpful. Yeah, because you can just fill it with whatever you exactly. Want. Yes, yeah. yeah. Don't have to worry about. And yeah. I, I, yeah, I wonder if that was the case. But yeah, that's what we would have to do is talk to the people whether they want to do it, and then you slowly. It's like you you put a wedge in there to kind of. You don't want to give them too much info too quickly. <laughs> and then eventually, yes, we are going to. You know, we need to move you out into a hotel. We want to take all your stuff out and put it in storage. We want to bring our stuff in. After the break, I make it through traffic and meet up with the crew to continue on to Pasadena. Here's Brian. Brian! (laughs) So much traffic. I don't know why. Oh, hi. Coming on a tent, too? Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Now-ish podcast. Every week, I talk to the people who are creating art and culture and spreading it to the universe. As an artist, you always meet yourself. Every year, you're a different person. Essentially, we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic self. Check out Right Now, 
rooted in California's Bay Area, speaking to you. It's so many people of color, so many queer people. It's like I'm being celebrated in my fullness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Alaist has a new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of some of your favorite L.A. restaurants to find out how and why they do what they do. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for the first event where we'll explore how restaurants help make a neighborhood and we'll all have something delicious to eat afterwards. It's May 22nd at the Crawford. Get your tickets now at LAS.com slash events. On our way from South Pasadena to Pasadena, we were going to either stop at Morgan Freeman's character's house from the 1995 thriller 7, a Victorian-style house on Columbia Street, or a house from the National Treasure series, starring Nicolas Cage. I'm going to steal it. The colonial-style National Treasure house is where we ended up. What? I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. That's uh, National Treasure. Oh, wow. that's, uh, that's more like Washington, D.C. Okay, I can see that. So this was used in both of them. It would be John Voight's character in National Treasure. And um, this would be like a two-story colonial. The interesting thing, and maybe nobody else would think about this but us who are scouting, but um, it's painted white, which at some level can be kind of boring. But white painted houses like this is very much like the East Coast um, that they're painted white and then the shutters are painted an accent color and then the door usually could be a third color So immediately by looking if I find a white house like that, that's already moving me in this direction So it's white. It's got wood siding and it's a two-story colonial And then when we, I walked in this house, it didn't feel like anything else I had been in uh, And the way it was it felt more East Coast to me um, so the only thing I was worried about when we chose this house was that, you know, it has this royal stone kind of uh, retaining wall. And like you wouldn't find that in uh, on the East Coast or in at least not in Washington. But we were able to kind of work around that. So you just don't shoot that. So um, wait, did you guys already get into how... You see a, a beautiful home that mm-hmm. represents something that you really want, and then you yeah. just knock on the door and be like, hey, can I use your home? Did you get Let's into that? that. We did a and bit, we did I get into that at our next destination. As we drove there, we passed some more filming locations. That is the, that we're just crossing there on Al Molino. That was the fa- one of the father of the bride houses. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> right there. Yeah, is where Steve Martin, that was yeah. his house. Yeah. yeah. We also so passed the Spanish-style mansion on El Molino Avenue from the classic 1974 film, Chinatown. Though it's pretty hidden by hedges. You know, growing up in LA, I used to actually, my dad would drive me to school in the valley and then come back to Mid City. Um, We'd always see roads closed because of filming, whether it was super early in the morning or anytime late. Um, Can you explain to us how you get all these all that equipment and crews to to be in a certain neighborhood because that must cost a lot of money but also like just the logistics of it right behind the scenes the logistics of it are are huge so once you find the house yeah you need to really talk to everybody in the neighborhood so in la it's kind of easier to get a neighborhood on board because they're looking for what they would call neighborhood support 
and neighborhood support would be you still have to get signatures which is you talk to people and they need to sign a sheet wow. saying we have concerns or we don't have concerns and if we have concerns this is what they are and they'll look at all that so for instance if they have 50 percent of people that have concerns and 50 that don't that's you're you're not in you're like okay we need to see more support mm -hmm. in there and so if you have 80 or more and depending on where uh, and then that's daytime. So daytime, 7 to 10 is pretty automatic. You don't necessarily have to get signatures for that. Right. Because that's normal business hours kind of. But in other places uh, like Pasadena where we're going now, Monday through Thursday is, is like almost 100%. I think it's 70% from 7 to 7, but we never go just till 7. We'll go to 10, so then the number goes up. But um, here at, at this house, we needed to do nighttime filming. Um, I think we're coming up on it. Our uh, next stop was on San yeah, Pasqual Avenue shape. at the house used for the exterior shots of the main character's home for the 2005 film Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And, you know, it starred Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. And I drove around with the production designer because we... I forget what it was. Like we were behind and finding something or whatever. And so we just drove around and... We drove down this thing, and I know the different neighborhoods to look in, and we go, hey, what about that one? I'm like, sure. So I went and knocked on the door, and this guy comes out, and come to find out, he worked for Disney at the time. So my first reaction was like, oh boy, <laughs> people in the industry. That doesn't necessarily work out really well for me. It's like, you know, we see this all the time. It's our life. It's like you know, or, or we think we should get millions of dollars wow. and they should know better, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. So, but they were very pleasant. Um, so I talked about them at the time, we wanted to crash a car onto the lawn. If you revisit the movie, there's, it plays a predominant um, place in the movie oh, yeah. where they These come and go. Up and have that fight inside, yeah, they, right? Yes, it's and car chase around here. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, they come down and they go down the driveway to the garage. We built a garage on the backside okay. to be separate from the house. It had a garage that went inside, but we built one because of what we wanted to do. And then we built a shed because that's where he has all his ammunition downstairs. Okay. They were fine with dropping, a, you know, having a car jump the curb and end up on their lawn. At that time, it was all ivy. Mm. They've put some nice grass in since then. Um, but they were just really open to it, really wonderful people. And then what we often do is that we use the entrances and exits to come in and out, um, or we're looking out a window or they're looking in a window. And because of the nature of what we were doing in this house with the shootout and so forth, uh, they built it on stage. Um, but at the end, you know, the house explodes. Um, right. And that we did in the backyard. We did a little explosion uh, kind of there, and then you kind of, fill that in with CG and all that kind of stuff. And this was like, cause we filmed here for I think five days and I needed five days where I went all the way till midnight. So it's, you need a hundred percent, I think, of the neighborhood support. And it, it's funny when you, when you finally settle into a neighborhood, you really get to know the politics uh, and the dynamics of a neighborhood. At some level, even better than the people that live here. Because you're, you're talking to everybody. Yeah. So you know so-and-so doesn't like so-and-so, oh, wow. or so-and-so likes so-and-so. So it's kind of interesting that way. And, and what people care about, you know. Right. 
And then one other thing I'm looking is like, okay, so I got some palm trees there, huge. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. Yeah, because it doesn't give you the East Coast vibe. No. So what we did in this case is we wrapped it with two semi-cylinder oak-looking or camphor tree-looking um, shells. And so we did like 10 feet of that. So that as you're driving down, it looks like all you're seeing is the trunk anyways. And so that's one of the ways that we get around that stuff. I had, I had talked about how... Um, Palm trees are kind of something that's a weed for us at some level. Unless you're trying to do LA, then you're looking for palm trees all over the place. Well, do we want to try to do the? Yeah, the let's go. Okay, yeah. Cool. So I'd like to kind of just have you guys have the experience of. Um, I don't know that they're here. I didn't contact them. So this is what I would do. I would drive and I would okay. say this and go like, okay, magnolia trees. Those are great. You know, um, nice long driveway. And mentally, you're kind of, I'm sort of thinking of what my pitch is going to be or what right. I'm going to say. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing they're both working. Um, so, oh, hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'm a location huh. scout. Is this still uh, Reed Leslie's house? Or are you one of his sons? I am one of his sons. I'm the location manager that did Mr. and Mrs. Smith here. Oh my gosh. And this is Elias. To our surprise, NPR, Robbie Leslie Elias. answered the door and even let us in to take a little look around. Can we actually ask you a couple questions? Sure. Is that uh, cool? Sure. How old were you when this was shooting? Probably seven. Do you remember being outside of your home like your parents, hey, we can't be home because there's something happening. They explained to you. I do. We were put up in the Ritz-Carlton a couple miles away. I remember putting it to good use. I would always go down to the bar after school and ask for <laughs> a bowl of cereal, which they like, would always provide. Seven. <laughs> now it's kind of like every icebreaker thing that I ever need. I can be like, oh, have you ever seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith? That's it's a good house. date pickup line exactly. or whatever. <laughs> no, it didn't get blown up. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a cool thing to have. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, that Your was fun. Maybe? I'm glad that worked yeah. out. Yeah. From there, it was a quick hop on the 210 to get to an iconic film location that attracts architecture buffs and film lovers alike. Okay. What next? Gamble House. Gamble House. Let's do it. This is the quintessential craftsman in the arts and crafts um, style. This was done by the Green Brothers, and this was for the Gamble family of Procter & Gamble way mm. back when. Mm. And they call this Million Dollar Row, because I think a lot of the people with a lot of money would, would build houses like this. Today would be more billionaires, I suppose. So they had this house commissioned uh, to be done. And it's impeccable. It's amazing. I mean, we're not inside. Um, but everything down to the furniture is detailed. The craftsmanship is amazing. And they got to use it uh, back then for Back to the Future. It was Doc's house in the movie. Doc? Don't say a word. I don't want to know anything about you. You know, they come and go out of the door, but people are always like, because if you go in there and you see the detail of inlaid wood within wood and all that, you're like, oh, film crew. I can't believe they let us film crew in here. 
And you'd be right. They did not let a film crew in there because it'd be irreplaceable. You couldn't replace it. So what they ended up doing is they went to another incredible green and green home uh, in Pasadena called the Blacker House. Uh, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing neighborhood, an amazing house. Uh, and they shot it in there. But this is definitely something worth seeing. People come around the world to see this place. So we'll go to the right over there, but look at the detail on this uh, stained glass and the wood and the, look at that light fixture. I mean, all that is um, green and green uh, and craftsman. So would Rick pick this location to use for a film today, given that it's now so iconic? Yeah, but not so much because it was a gamble house, but more because it was in Back to the Future. (laughs) Sorry to say. I mean, in some sense, that's good because, you know, we we showcase certain things that people sort of get interested in preserving and that kind of thing. Well, thanks, Rick, for showing us around another iconic place in Los Angeles. Oh, it was a pleasure to do this with you. And that's a wrap on our Film Location Tour. Thanks to Film Location Scout and Manager Rick Schuler for heading out with us again. You can find our first chat with him about downtown LA in our podcast feed. If you want to check out photos of the places where we stopped this time around, head to las.com slash howtola. This episode was produced by Monica Bushman. Our other team members include Erica Washington, Evan Jacoby, Victoria Alejandro, and Megan Botel. We'll be back here tomorrow with a tribute to Dia de los Muertos, and we'll be tasting a few treats. Join us. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.